Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. This week, as every week, I'm joined by our lovely, headphoned, bespectacled, bearded, behaired co-host, Kyle. Kyle looks very handsome this evening. You're going to hear it in his voice. So this week, as every week, we're going to be discussing a topic. I don't know what the hell the topic is. We're going to be debating it vigorously, and over the course of this hopefully digestible episode, we will have a definitive top 10 list. So Kyle, what are we talking about this week? Okay, Mike, the day of this recording is March the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2019. The date... <laughs> I'm already excited. <laughs> well, the date of our publication will be like two weeks from now, which means that we'll be pretty close to opening day for the Major League Baseball season. What a which... disappointing turn of events. I was really hoping this was going to be an Ash Wednesday podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what an utterly disappointing little turn you took there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Top 10 things to give up in Lent. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking baseball today. We have done a few sports podcasts, but we are going to be, they've been mostly silly or they've been emergency pods. Today, we're going to get into it a little bit. It's not going to be super nerdy as baseball can get, Mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to get a little more actually sports talky than we have in the past. So this could be fun. And I I think this will end up being a series that we end up doing for all four of the major sports, which I think could be fun. Okay. All right. So what exactly are we talking about? So as you know, in spring, uh, hope springs eternally. So during spring training, any team could win the World Series, and every team has hope no matter what the circumstances, even if your team is in a rebuild that came a few years too late, for example. But some fans eagerly anticipate and hope more desperately than others because their wait has been longer. Today, we are going to be discussing the top 10 most tortured fan bases in baseball. So here's what I've done. We're doing a little bit of a a twist on what we're normally doing. I did not... I put this list together, kind of. I used some metrics to put this list together, and I'm going to tell you how the top 10 shook out, and then we are together going to decide where my metric went wrong and where we have to do adjustments and where my equation has not worked where it needed to oh i like this so much what a fun way to do this i think so i think it could work out quite well okay so i just before we before you tell me your rankings the biggest thing i need to understand is so so this is most tortured historically or like the average amount of torture per season so so the Red Sox are a good example. So the Red Sox have existed for over a hundred years and for a very long stretch in that hundred plus years, they've, our fan base has been utterly tortured. As of right now, we're feeling great. There's no torture at all, but on average, we've experienced quite a bit of torture. How does that sort of play out? We can talk about it, but in my opinion, we're, we're factoring in total longevity of fan base torture, but I'm certainly willing to skew more recently because, mm-hmm. like, if you're really if you're a really old Red Sox fan, like a, a large percentage of your fandom was torture. But like for someone like you, yeah, you know, so like 
I'm definitely going to weight more heavily recent performance in, okay. in terms in to your torture ranking. But I think we it's, it would be stupid not to take into account total. Uh, but that's not how... So I'll tell you how I, I ranked these initially, okay. and I'll give you some perspective. So literally all I did was I thought, well, a, a fan base is considered tortured if they haven't won a championship in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I went through, and I figured out each team's first year in the league and then the last time that they won a World Series. Yep. And then calculated the difference. So total, or the diff, the calculated how long it's been since their last championship in years. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, even if you haven't won a championship in a long time, I'd say your fan your fandom is less tortured if your team has at least been consistently contending and in the conversation for a World Series. Yep. So I know the second metric that I used is how long has it been since your team played for a championship? So won the pennant, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's that's big because, but this does get to a question that I think will come up is, is it worse to be always a bridesmaid, never the bride, or is it worse to not even be invited to the wedding? That's not factored into this, and I've <laughs> highlighted some teams that, so and then I also calculated separately win percentage in the World Series. So if you have a zero win percentage, it means that you visited the World Series at least once and have never won, which sucks and might yes. boost your boost your tortured status. So, um, and I, but I, I think it's obviously winning a championship, even if, so I've weighted that more heavily. So the equation is literally just number of years since your last title plus number of years that since your last pennant, but I've weighted them so that the championship drought has two times the weight of a pennant drought. So it's a little bit of like MVP voting. Yeah, it's a weighted average of championship and pennant droughts. Mm-hmm. So that's how I did it, um, and then I'll give you the the top, and then I and then I sorted based on that, and I'll give you what the top ten were, and then we can figure out where my metric has failed. But I was pretty pleased with the top ten as is because it, all ten of these franchises, I think you could consider tortured for sure. Well, I think I think it's important for the listeners to to totally understand where you're coming from because. I'm not exactly sure where your hometown team shakes out on these rankings, but you are an especially tortured fan and a member of an especially tortured fan base. I, well, I don't know. We can talk about it because I'm not so. Okay. Besides this metric, something we're going to talk about are, like you said, general torturedness of your history since your last pennant win or since your last world series win, how relevant has your team been? Mm-hmm. Have they been making playoff appearances? Do they have any Hall of Fame players? Like the quality of the players, like exciting. Yeah. How exciting is your team to watch, even if they're not winning a World Series? Your stadium situation, I think, plays into yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and no, so- I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> like spoil it all out of the gate. But I do think you raised some really good points there that are going to come up. Yes, and then. So, like, by those metrics, though, the Tigers, I don't consider myself a tortured fan. I'm a 25, almost 26-year-old man who's never seen my team win a championship, but I've watched my team go to two World Series and get absolutely murdered both times. I've watched (laughs) Hall of Famer Miguel Cabrera for a very long time, a revolving door of really exciting, high-performing players like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, like... I, I do not consider myself a tortured fan in the ways that some other 
because I've, I've enjoyed my fandom for the most part and been dealt some crushing blows. Yeah. Well, fu- fundamentally, we get we, well, this will come back to the question of, is it worse to be you and have your, your balls crushed right yeah. on the, the doorstep? Or is it worse to be, I don't know, say just some random fan in South Florida who has an empty, hideous stadium and just a dump bag of a team? Well, we're talking about tortured here, not like most depressed fan bases. So that goes into it, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, this is great. I'm psyched. Yeah, I think this will be a fun one. And like I said, I think we can do this for all the sports. And I think that eventually we can do a power ranking weighted and we can just talk about generally most tortured cities. So I think we could milk this one for a lot. And I think this one lends itself to some good fan. Uh, I think we have some friends that could fit in well on some of these. So I'm, I'm excited oh, yes. to get started. Mm-hmm. All right. So number 10 on the Kyle metric of tortured fan base is the Minnesota Twins. So the Twins were established in 1961. They have won two World Series. Yeah. I believe they went back to back in 1990 or no. They couldn't. Have. Yeah, they they got the pucket years, right? Yeah, they won in the late 80s, I think. And then their most recent World Series victory was 1991. They have not returned to the World Series since then. Okay. So, they've waited... Uh, let's see. I need to figure out my spreadsheet here. So, it's been 28 years since their last championship. And that's... That, for me, that figure is about right. I feel like if there's an adult... There needs to be an adult man that's a fan of your team that's <laughs> never seen your team win to be considered yep. for for tortured fan based Wouldn't like you say? Like our good friend Matt. Yeah, exactly. Our, or our a good, Minnesota sports fan guy. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Minnesota sports fans guy. Yeah. But so so you could be a 28-year-old man and have never seen your twins even play in the World Series. So that's, yeah. that's a factor. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to note that the twins have a really hard time wooing free agents, and so yeah. their luck is largely based on getting lucky with draft talent. Yeah, I mean, in terms of high-end talent since Kirby Puckett, I mean, there's basically Justin Morneau, Joe Maurer, Johan Santana. They had, like, the... Yeah, Johan Santana's a good one. And now they've got, like, a second wave where they've got, like, the Byron Buxtons, and they had Brian Dozier for a while, but... They had Torrey Hunter. Yeah, they they did a tour. They even had David Ortiz before he was good. So... Yeah. I think... But, like, in the mid-2000s, when they were dominating the AL Central, the Maurer, Morneau, Jason Kubel, Michael Kadire. Jason Kubel, my, oh my remember God, him? Wow. Yep, I do. Those years uh, were great for them from a contending standpoint in the regular season, but I think this factors into their torture. Yeah. They just repeatedly got destroyed in the playoffs. They were a terrible playoff team. And they were playing in the one of the shittiest baseball stadiums ever constructed in that, in the, uh, whatever that was called, the... Yeah, what the hell is that called? I don't know, something the dome. Metrodome? Metrodome. Ugh. Which I always found weird because they're not the Mets. No. I, what's really interesting for me, just from the stadium angle, is having finally seen the Twin Cities. What what a shame. What a shame to hide the beautiful city. Like, it's so gorgeous there. Open that baby up. It's beautiful in their new field, though I've not been. I've been around it, and I've been in Minneapolis enough lately to understand that it's really a gem. Yeah, uh, and I can't wait to see a game there. It tele- yeah. it televises really well, which is nice. Yes, after it does. 
after watching the Tigers play in that stupid dome for so many years. Yeah. Um, and it always just makes me think of game 163 in 2009, which makes me cry a little bit. Every yeah. time. Every time. So that's number 10. Yep. I think we could probably zip through the initial ranking faster this time so that we have more time to kind of debate it. Yeah. Number nine. This one's for you, Sarah. <laughs> yes. Number nine is the Cincinnati Reds. So the Reds came to Cincinnati in 1959, and since then they have won five World Series. That is very true. But the last one was in 1990, and that is also the last time that they played. So how many did the Big Red Machine win? Like, was that Did they win three of them with that team? I feel like they won like four in the 80s. Okay. Which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've also been to nine World Series, so they're five for nine, which is pretty wow. good. That's what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. So what's their big, where did they load up on torture then in your metric? Well, they're just above the Twins because, <laughs> or I guess, uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Oh, yeah. Well, it's okay. So they, they're not, the Twins were 91, was their last pennant in World Series. And the Reds are 1990. So it's everything that Twins fans are going through just <laughs> one more year. So that's why they're just above them on the scale. Okay, respect. Although I will say that their past has been less of a bummer. They've had more contending teams than I'd say the Twins, or more like legitimate World Series contenders since 1990, and they've had some really exciting players mm-hmm. and a great fan base in Cincinnati. I We had a... I, we went to visit our good friend Sarah in Cincinnati and had just the most delightful time at Great American Ballpark. Yeah, it's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you take the good with the bad. They had Ken Griffey Jr. for a while. Yeah. And then they had Ken Griffey Jr. for a while. Yeah, that's the tough part. And that's yeah, that, was, that was the ups and the downs there. I think the Reds definitely, they, to me... I think that they're much more of a bummer than the twins because you, you as that 28 year old, that theoretical 28, 29 year old who's never seen a championship has to listen to your parents tell you about how great, you know, Ooh. the Pete Rose teams were like, so that to me is what makes that even worse. Like it, as it, the theoretical, you or you or me as a Reds fan is much more miserable because we got to listen to our parents tell us how great, you know, the old teams were. That's a good point. Although I think there's some lessening of tortured fan base if you know that your franchise at one time was very storied. So like the Reds did have this era of glory that you can only hear about, but yeah. it did exist and you know of it. Like the Tigers were had a golden era back in like the I don't know, the fucking twenties. But <laughs> it did happen and like they're yeah. an old team. So there's some prestige that helps me bear the ignominy of failure. But Yeah. It's true. It's it's kind of a pick your poison it's, situation. Yeah, it's a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah. Number eight would be the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, they are tortured. <laughs> the, so, the PR, like even without getting into any of this, the simple fact that everybody knows your team and expects them to win because they watch the movie just makes it a lot tougher to be an Ace fan. It's very difficult. But when one of the most famous lines about your team is. Here's all the teams in baseball. Then there's 50 yards of shit. And then there's us. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a bummer when that's your team. 
So their last World Series win was 89. I believe that was the tail end of like the Eckersley, uh, like Henderson, yeah. Reggie Jackson type teams. Or he might have even been on the Yankees at that point. Would McGuire have been on those teams? Probably. I don't think the yep. Cardinals got him until a few years after that. Yeah. They might have even had... No, Giambi would have been later. Never mind. Yeah. But anyways, but that was like kind of a... The 80s were a big time for the A's. Yep. And they... So they won in 89, and then they played against the Reds in the 1990 World Series and lost. Mm-hmm. So that was their last taste of glory. They've been to four World Series since 19... Or they've been to six World Series since 1968 and won four of them. Mm-hmm. So it's not a completely successless franchise, but it's been some time. And just the fact that they have to build their team every year out of scraps and they play in a dumpster of a stadium. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. Like the biggest problem with the A's is not even on the page. It's the stadium and like the fan situation and the fact that the city is constantly threatening to kick them out. It's just the, the it's so un, it's such an unstable situation. It's pretty gross. And having recent, recently visited the Bay area. Yeah. The recent like swing over to Giants fandom has kind of left the A's as, like very much a relegated second team. Mm-hmm. It just is a bummer. Like you know, if you have something good, it's not going to last. Like they get Uenas Cespedes, and everyone yeah. is like completely shocked. And it's yeah. like cool. Let's enjoy him for two years yeah. before he goes to play for the fucking Red Sox and Tigers and Mets. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It. it all, I mean, there's got to be some pride in the fact that like they contended for a lot of the time since their last world series like they go through phases where they were good like when the tigers were having their stretch from like 2011 to 2014 they played the a's almost every year in the playoffs and beat them every time just saying but so they've had their fun but and I, i will say though that there's a unique brand to their fandom because I remember when I was watching all those games, I was always very impressed with how loud and persistent their fans were, which yeah. is not a thing that Tigers fans really do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, they're a quieter cheering section. Like, mm-hmm. the A's are like the student section at a college football game. A's I fans. think part of it has to do with the choice. Like, I think I think you have the choice to be an A's fan or a Giants fan, and I think if you choose to be an A's fan, it's more of a baseball decision. Like, I think the I think that the baseball fans in the Bay Area are A's fans. I kind of feel the same way about Sox versus Cubs fans. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. probably some, there's some truth to that with Mets and Yankees fans, too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But not not you, John. You're the best. No, not you, John. All right. Number seven. Number seven is the Texas Rangers. Yes. (laughs) They're very tortured. Rangers were introduced to the league in 1972. And since then, they have won zero World Series titles. Which is which is crazy because they're they it's also crazy that they were only introduced in 1972. They feel like an old timey baseball team. Yeah, I think it's because they've had some great players come through there. Well, that's the thing. Like, you think about the Rangers, and there's plenty to think about. Yeah, I mean, like, they've got a pretty storied history, and it seems like they're always, like, in the picture. They're being talked about. They they can sign big players in free agency. Yeah. I think the income tax helps there. But, like, yeah. in recent memory, they've had some really great players. They've had Adrian Beltre, Josh Hamilton. Michael I mean, Young. 
Michael Young. I mean, yeah. and then even some of these other like like Elvis Andrews. Ian yeah, Kinsler. Elvis Andrews is a good player. So I mean, like, I, it's a, I think it's a good time to be a Rangers fan. Like, it's fun. They had Nelson Cruz when he was. I'll, I'll never forgive him for hitting. I think he hit like seven home runs in a four game sweep of the Tigers. Yeah. It was at least six. It was brutal. <laughs> that was that was our freshman year, right? Yeah. I remember that. I think it. I no. Think it, no. It, yeah, it was the year. But yeah, it was the year before they made the World Series. So it was 2011. So it was. Which, yeah. Yeah. So our yeah freshman freshman year. year. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I remember. I remember that because I remember how miserable you were because I. <laughs> he just kept jacking homers. It was. Ridiculous. I almost cried. Yeah, it was awful. But it, but at any rate, yeah, the Rangers are just such. Like they've got great uniforms. They have yes. a, a like they have a like a really classic uniform scheme. They've got a really famous and well known ballpark. They've great got ballpark. like people people our age probably associate Nolan Ryan most strongly with them. Like mm-hmm. people people think about big time baseball with them, and yet they are just tortured. They really are. What's worse, and I think what might bump them up, is that they lost consecutive World Series in 2010 and 2011. I forgot about that. And the 2011 World Series, they were down, the Cardinals were down to their last strike when in Game 6, when David Freeze hit that double off the wall and scored two to tie it. David Freeze, ugh. Right, and then they obviously lost Game 7 after that. Yeah. So. And this is a team that had to watch Vlad Guerrero play right field at AT&T Park when he was, like, 49. <laughs> like, bumble up against the wall. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. that's that was tough. So, number seven, the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Number six, the Baltimore Orioles, also known as the Bordigs. One <laughs> <laughs> of the all-time greatest, like, radio scams. That was just so enjoyable super super brief story just tell, tell the listeners why we've called the, the orioles the boardings so as, oh, no she called them the oreos not the board the oreos uh, the boardings were the made-up <laughs> team but at any rate um I, in college i discovered that you can listen to the radio over the internet which who knew what an influence that would have over my future life where i'm now a podcaster but um I listen to the local radio show in Boston, Toucher and Rich, and they're just a great morning show. They're they're good with sports, but they're really just goofballs. And one thing they'll do is they do ask a pink hat. So they'll go (laughs) outside of Fenway Park after a game and just ask clearly drunk fans who really obviously are not there for the game questions. And they ask this girl to name all of the teams in the AL East. And she said the Red Sox, which was good. Yeah. The Crows, <laughs> <laughs> which I really liked. The Bordigs. <laughs> Still don't know what the Bordigs are. And this team, which we're about to talk about, the Oreos. Yeah. Like, as in the cookie, the Oreos. The Oreos. Yep. So the Oreos have not. So they, okay, so they came to Baltimore in 1954. Yep. They've won three World Series titles, but most recently in 1983, which is also when they played in their last World Series. So it's been some time. So who won those series with them? Frank Robinson? I guess. I think those are like the Palmer, the Palmer era kind of years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Which, like, when you think of these teams, you think of, like, the retro Baltimore Oriole logo with the big eyes and the hat, um, which they've actually started wearing again, which I really like. It's not like... Which I'm very into. Yeah, it's not like the authentic Oriole that they wore kind of through, like, the 90s and 2000s. I'll always remember that. My sister Nicole's first uh, softball team was the Orioles, and she had one of those with, like, the bird on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the Orioles are ranked higher than the Rangers here because the rangers have played it's it's worth noting so th- it's been 36 years since the orioles won a title and it's been 47 since the rangers well the rangers never have but they've waited 47 years so even yep. though the orioles have won a world series several and they've done it more recently than rangers the rangers have existed they're considered more tortured on this list because the rangers are getting a more heavy favorable ranking from playing in world series recently yeah, so, which I think is reasonable. I think the the fall for the Orioles from like storied franchise to what they've become has been tough. It's also worth noting that they've sucked. Like they were, they had a stretch kind of just after the Tigers from like 2013 to 2016 where they were really good and like World Series contenders. Mm-hmm. But before that, they were like the Orioles were synonymous with just shit for a very yeah, long they were time. Awful. Pretty much since the 80s. So. And then they've had some great players come through there, like Adam Jones, Manny Machado, Cal Ripken, obviously. Um, but they Sydney generally own. Mm-hmm. They generally struggle though to get big talent, and they've also done a truly horrific job of developing their own talent. Oh like, God! Like a really magnificent ability to get a guy at number ten overall in the draft, like big time pitcher, and then have them turn out to be nothing. Remember, Remember like Daniel Hudson. <laughs> See Daniel Hudson, see Chris Tillman, see yeah. uh, Bundy, see... Bundy, I was trying to, that was the other one I was trying to think of. See Jake Arrieta. Uh, <laughs> they suck at doing yeah. that. So yeah. that's the Orioles for you, the Oreos. I will, the one thing they do have going for them, they play in one of the most beautiful ballparks in the game. Visually, one of the most enjoyable experiences. Their uniforms are gorgeous, and their park is beautiful. Uh, so that's the Oreos. I just realized... I blew right through the not top three. It's because I didn't remind you of it. Uh, I wish if we. <laughs> that's why we need we need the music to play like at us while we do this, so we don't. Yeah, forget. if we only could have like some sort of automatic. If we didn't have to manually <laughs> cue, I yeah. think it would be nice if there were an auto cue. That would be the best thing. Yeah. Can you cue right, this so segment? This is, yeah, I'd love to. So I think Kevin, you should cue this segment. Hey, thanks, Kev. That was great. So let's talk about the the not top three. So this will be the three most spoiled fan bases. Yeah. All right. Well, we know we know two of the top three. I would think so. Okay. Well, who would you say? The Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, I think the Red Sox are officially now the most spoiled baseball franchise as of this moment because it's if if we're waiting towards recent history, they've got to be. I think even if you're not, because. I just don't think anyone it's how could you possibly remember ever feeling shitty about the Red Sox when you've won four championships since 2004? The only way is if you had a loved one who really loved the Red Sox who died right after the home run in 2003. Yeah. Like the Grady Little leaves leaves him in a little too long situation. Like unless somebody really loved who really wanted them to win died like that day. Yeah. You you can't feel crappy about it. I agree. 
Um, I think just the way that Red Sox fandom has kind of turned into, it's like the, the, it's just changed. And I know yes. this from what you've told me. And so I think very fundamentally changed. That's the biggest thing. The Yankees obviously were always going to be on this list. I, yep. looking at the statistics really blew my mind. They've won 27 World Series. Yeah. They have played in 40. They've played in four. And most of those came wow. a long time ago, but that's crazy. And I don't even give a shit that their last World Series was 2009. Like, you're still spoiled. You haven't had a losing team since you won a World Series. Don't want to hear it. No. When you can shrug off a Jacoby Ellsbury contract like that, you're spoiled. That is spoiled. Yeah, that should be a franchise ruiner. And then the last one I picked was the St. Louis Cardinals because yeah, even when they're not good, they're still good. And like, they're just the mo- like a model fucking franchise. Like every sport yeah. has one. It's the Spurs yeah. in basketball. It's the Patriots in football. Like there's just one franchise that has it figured out. Yeah. And in baseball, it's the Cardinals. They just the are Cardinals so are, are just like a perfect baseball organization. I, I know I keep harping on it, but great stadium. Per like just beautiful classic uniforms and a ridiculous procession of talent through that building over the past twenty years, like ridiculous number of guys who come through there who are just great. They make great decisions. Like yeah. they they trade for Matt Holiday, they extend him. Yep, he's great for the entirety of the contract. Yeah, the whole time <laughs> they let Albert Pujols walk, he turns into a pile of sticks. Like, yep. and like. They've had such great pitchers like Carpenter and Wainwright and like My all boy. those. I know you love Adam Wainwright. Um, Jim I Edmonds. To- Remember how great Jim Edmonds was? Jim Edmonds. Like one you of the and I greatest- looked him up a while back. You and I were having like a Jim Edmonds conversation and his career war is wild. Also, like he's one of my favorite players to just like watch YouTube highlights for a while. Yeah. People sleep on how good of a defender he was, but. Oh, crazy. So, yeah, I. It- they haven't won since 2011, but I don't care. They played They played against the Red Sox in 2013. They'll probably make the World Series again in the next year or two. Yeah. They'll probably extend Paul Goldschmidt, who will play really well into his late 50s. Like, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Yeah. I don't even know who, like, who's who's the GM there? Do you even know? John Mazeliak. Yeah, see, uh, yeah, you're right. But that's so, but like, that's so Cardinals. I, he's not he like just a lurks in the shadows. brand name. He's just a good GM. Yep, really, really good yeah. GM. And they had like like those La Russa teams were always fun, and they had Yachty for like they still have Yachty. Like, yeah, I couldn't even like I was obviously torn to shreds when the Tigers lost to them in two thousand six. But even then, it's like I don't hate hate Cardinals with like no. a deep fire like I do the Giants. And I think yeah. part of that is because they're just like, how can you be that mad to lose to a team like that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they always they always deserve to be there when they're there, right? So, yeah, that's the not top three. I guess some other contenders like the Cubs fandom has become very spoiled in one year since 2016. Yeah, but I think the weight of their crushing history outweighs that to an extent. Yeah. Still, agreed. I think Giants fans they are, are very spoiled, insufferable. See, the reason I think they're especially spoiled is because I don't think they deserve it when they win. <laughs> That 2012 team had no business, no business no. by any metric beating the Tigers, which that was like one of the greatest Tigers teams ever. And I had like six maybe Hall of Famers on it or something stupid. That's probably Scherzer, Cabrera, 
Verlander for sure. Three for sure. Yep. Turn so fire Hall of Famers. Six is aggressive, but anyways, I digress. We can move on. Number five. <laughs> yep. The Pittsburgh Pirates. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny now in recent history we've grown accustomed to the Pirates being on the fringes of contention and usually contending for a wild card. But you have to remember prior to. 2000 and I don't even remember what year they started doing it 2011 like they were just the laughing stock of baseball for a long long time they were they were the laughing stock like there was really no other franchise competing with them it was the pirates like if you were a little league player and you 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 know how you just got assigned a team and you were assigned the pirates like that was just torture it was it was an embarrassment to be associated with them they had a horrible stigma. uniform like terrible stigma of losing like dumb name just ugh. they sucked and it's not like they even so okay they they won their last world series in 1979 and that's also the last world series they played in so it's been 40 years yeah and since that time since barry bonds left can you think of any notable player that played there one mccutcheon well, okay, so, okay. Between when they were shitty and when McCutcheon came, because like that was when they were good again. Garrett Jones, Jason Bay, Jason Jason Bay's probably one of the best. Neil Just, Walker, Neil, like God, roided out second baseman and underpowered left fielder who just yanked a couple homers a year, like. They were terrible. How sad is that? That like we just scoured our brains. It's not like I'm a scholar of '80s and '90s Pittsburgh Pirates, but like, no, but, but legitimately between Bonds and McCutcheon, there's just like nobody. It's a dead zone, and, now, and even and even both of those are tragic in their way. Like Bonds right? is tragic because he left and then became very, you know, obviously he he had a second act, the more memorable second act. He was a great pirate, but he's still remembered more as the later years giants and McCutcheon is tragic because he's just was so squandered. Yep. They never, it's, it's sad. It's going to be like trout. Not, he's not yeah. a, the same player as trout, but it's yeah. sad to see the tigers or the pirates and the pirates, the McCutcheon era without having done anything really. Yep. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I forgot Andy Van Slyke, definitely a notable Pittsburgh pirate. Yep. Former tigers first base coach. Yep. Okay. I think it's also worth noting that the Pirates have a lot. There have been like, there have been like seven National League Wild Card games since that has happened. The play-in games and the Pirates have lost like three of them, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is an extra torturous way to lose. Yeah, they lost. They got beat up by the by Wainwright one year. They got. I think they got shut out. They like lost one nothing to the Giants. Uh, that first time they went to the world or the second time in 2012 when Bumgarner shut them out over like nine innings or something. Yeah. Like they have lost a disproportionate number of wild card play in games. So they probably move up a little higher if I had to yeah. guess. That's a that's a tortured fan base. That's it. That is just a beat down. Just utterly beat down. And it's gonna be a while, unfortunately. Yeah, there's nothing really all that great on the horizon. No. So that brings us to number four. Number four are the San Diego Padres. <laughs> Worst name in professional sports. Yeah, it's bad. The Padres came into the league in 1969. 
They then played in the World Series, or they played in two World Series. They've won neither. I'm surprised they've played in two. I couldn't believe it. The <laughs> <laughs> they lost in '98 to the Yankees, like those great late '90s teams. Yeah. And they lost in '84 to the Detroit Tigers. So those are the well, two you've times. Got that. Yep. So that's a bummer. They've never won a World Series. And it's been since 1969. So they have waited exactly 50 years to see their team win a World Series, and it has not happened yet. That sucks. Yeah. It's wild to me that there's been a baseball team in San Diego for 50 years. I couldn't even believe that. I thought that they were like an expansion team in the 80s. It's, they have a just... They're just... They're, <laughs> there's something so bland about their ballpark. Their uniforms are so boring. There's no lore. There's no, like, Padres lore. And this is the thing that I think when we... I I don't think we're going to probably do too much re-ranking, but when we kind of talk about your system, the thing that that is ultimately going to be missing from all of these assessments is lore and, like, the story around a franchise. Because that's so important for thinking about how tortured your fan base is. There's there's nothing I, I literally associate nothing with the Padres. Nothing. Tony Gwynn is the That's only it. thing. Tony right? Gwynn is the only thing. Nothing like no stories or heroes or or arcs. No nothing. postseason moments. No like nothing. Anything. <laughs> nothing except for just boring. They get those gray uniforms. They suck. I really. The only thing I associate with them are. Um, they have those weird like camo jerseys they wear on Sundays, which are kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, and um, <laughs> that's I think that's pretty much it. The only other thing that's notable is that they are featured in a really good episode of Drake and Josh because they happen to live in San Diego. True. Drake and Josh meet as young kids at a Padres game without knowing it, mm-hmm. which is cool. That's it. That's their claim to fame. Yeah, and they played in. A really fun, actually, it was really boring, but I remember they played a game 163 because they tied the Rockies for the division lead. It might have been 2007, the year that the Rockies ended up playing in the World Series. Yep. Anyways, that's it. Yeah, that's 50 it. 50 years that's, of crap. I, I, just as a Padres fan, I would just want them to leave town. Like, I, I think I would just be so amazed that I still had a baseball team. Well, what's weird is that it's not like they're sharing their like their fan base with other teams in the same city. They're the only team in San Diego. Yeah. Are they, wait, they're literally the only professional team in San Diego now, now right? Like the Chargers all are sports. Gone. Wow. Yeah. 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 It should be Padres country. <laughs> and it's not, although I will say things are looking up because they did get Machado and they have like unanimously the best farm system in baseball. So yeah, they'll probably still find a way to fuck it up. They will. All right. I'm going to skip honorable mentions. And then yep. We can talk about those later. Well, we will mention them later because the like 11 through like there's some ones that we'll want to talk about, but all right. Number three, <laughs> the Seattle Mariners. So, yeah. Okay. So there are two teams in baseball that have never played in a world series. One of them is the Washington Nationals, who came to Washington in 2005. So it's been 14 years. Yep. Okay. The other team is the Seattle Mariners, 
who have played in Seattle since 1977. Yeah. 42 years, and they have never even played in the World Series. That is tough. That's that's especially tough because the Mariners are a team that has long, well, not in recent years, but at least in the 90s, at one time hosted several of the best players of the last like 40 years. They had one team in particular that had three Hall of Famers, like three extreme Hall of Famers, like not just kind of Hall of Famers, real Hall of Famers. Inner circle guys. Assuming no steroid use. They had A-Rod, Ken Griffey Jr., and Randy Johnson on one team. Those are three of the best people to ever step on a baseball diamond. And so they have, like, this is a team with history, with prestige, that has had real talent and just crap. Like, real crap. It's particularly devastating because that 2001 team was, like... Because if they had won in 2001... I think this is a different feeling story. Yeah. That was, so the 2001 team was one of the best baseball teams ever assembled. They won like 116 games or something stupid like that. Yeah. Yep. And did. then got bounced in like the division series. Like, yeah, they may have made it to the championship series, but they did not make it. They to did the not World make series. it to the world series though. That's for damn sure. Devastating. Yeah. Devastating. And They've had some good players come through there. A lot of good Japanese talent. Ichiro, yeah. one of the most exciting players to ever play. Mm-hmm. So there's that. They've had other guys come through there. King Felix. Edgar Martinez. King Felix, yeah. Yep. Hisashi Iwakuma, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like there haven't been fun Mariners teams, but they've never even sniffed success other than that 2001 team. And it's... yeah really really a bummer <laughs> it's especially a bummer because of what you said about the japanese players like there's such a cool connection between the japanese fan base and the japanese players in seattle they just sort of feel like their own little world because it's just like a unique thing where you have this ethnic matchup between the players and the fan base it's like a really cool it's a little outpost it's not a spot where there's a lot of baseball and they're like a rabid fan base and things just haven't worked out for them it sucks They'll get there. I yeah. I can't wait until they get there. And it helps that we have... I have one Mariners fan in my life, and she is the best. And I adore yes, her Mariners fandom. Yeah. yeah. That that shouts to you, Steph. We're sorry yeah. that you've, you've sat through this for so long. Hey, you know who sucks, though, Steph? Seahawks. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate about that. No. Number two. I was surprised at this. I did not expect to see this team at number two. Number two is the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, interesting. Right? Talk, I talk to I don't, me. I don't think of them as a tortured fan franchise, but they've been around since 1970. Yep. They've never won a World Series. Really? And they, they've never won. Wow. I, and I should make it clear. I'm talking about, we're talking about a geographically located sports fan base. So, like, I'm not counting, like, the Milwaukee Braves that came Oh, from. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's fine. So, 1970... A lot of that time was spent in the American League. They played... The last time they played in the World Series was 1982. Yeesh. So it's been 37 years since they've even played in the World Series, which is stunning. The only good, like, really good Brewers teams in that interval, I feel like, have been this past year when they were a bad breakaway from making the World Series. So... Yeah. 
and then that magical, magical CC Sabathia year in like 2008. So is that the year he gets traded to them and just pitches like every other day, throws like 200 innings in a half season and is just unhittable? He single-handedly, he gets traded from the Indians. He like basically single-handedly brings the Brewers to the playoffs. And I think they even get to the championship series. Yeah. And then they lost. If I recall, they got pretty far. That was 2008. So that would have been the Phillies. I don't think they ended up losing to the Phillies. I think they lost to like the Giants or the Cardinals. Yeah. But I mean, it was really, really fun to watch. And that that same year, Sabathia should have gotten a no hitter, but he, a ball got bounced right in front of him on the mound and he leaned down to pick it up and he took his eye off it and he just like grabbed the tip of the ball with his fingertips and like it was an error and they called it a hit and that was the only base runner he'd allowed so he oh he still got the no hitter i believe but it should have been a perfect game or no no it was rule a hit and it should have been an error yeah so that's a little bit of torture in itself that was back when they had and they've had some good players like they got all the good years from prince fielder um yep that turd ferguson ryan braun so but yeah i I don't know i just don't really think of milwaukee as a baseball town um and so like it's hard to i I just like don't hear their fans like wailing and moaning like you do with some of these other teams yeah but maybe that's just because they're a more graceful fan base i don't know it's also a smaller fan base but i think ultimately they don't quite have the they've got the credentials but they don't quite have the feel yeah they don't feel like lovable losers or anything like that yeah they've got a great ballpark as we know from my bachelor party damn straight they've got a great ballpark and they i love that they tailgate i just i love that what a delightful experience that was especially because we had some great hit some great broths spotted cow Hmm. good times number one number one this is mostly on the way of the longest championship drought in baseball. It's one of the longest ones in sports, I think. It has been 71 years since the Cleveland Indians won a World Series. 71. That's 1948, folks. Egad. We're we're not even in Korea at that point, right? That's that's like three years after World War II ended. Yeah. Yeesh. That's wild. That's tough. There are a lot of uh, probably a lot of Indians fans that went their entire lives without seeing them win a World Series. Yeah, the Indians to me capture all of the objective and subjective criteria we'd want to talk about here because they they hit the objective issue of going so long without a World Series, but subjectively they're a great franchise with great history and an. Great procession of talent, lots of chances, lots of bad breaks. Like, they've just got it all. They really have got it all. Yep. Horrible branding. I will Uh, say that they've got a really annoying stadium. It's a nice, it's fine. It's a fine stadium, but the drumming guy is really annoying. And a couple years ago, we went to see a Tigers game there. Me, Jeff, my mom, my sister, my brother. And... It was in the middle of a pennant race. Like, the Tigers and Indians were atop the central standings. This was when the Tigers had Torrey Hunter, so it was like 2014. Mm-hmm. That place was 70% Tigers fans. It was yeah. embarrassing for Indians fans. That is embarrassing. You wonder whether it's because they're bad fans or because they're just so shell-shocked. It could be It could be both. It could yeah. be both. 
I will say that they have had some awesome players go through there. They got Jim Tomei, Manny, um, Alomar, and recently they've had some of the most exciting, like Francisco Lindor is one of the top five exciting players in baseball. Like there have been some fun teams to watch and some great pitchers have come through there too. Including CC Sabath, Clisini, Bartolo Colon. I mean, true. you and I, you and I have talked about it a billion times. But the 2000, 2001 Cleveland Indians is one of the best teams that's I've ever seen assembled. Like, yeah, on a, on a baseball diamond, just a freakishly good team. Wild that they managed to not win a World Series. Agreed. So, I, I think even though they've had some good teams and some awesome players come through there, I feel I feel pretty good about them at number one. Yeah. I especially feel good about them given their recent just like bummers that have gone down in in Cleveland town, especially because I have such an affinity for my man, Terry Francona. He's just one of the most likable people in sports. And the fact that he is stuck on this sort of bummer of a run here is just it makes it even worse for me because I like him so much. Uh, Who doesn't? Well, yeah, but. All right. Okay, so I'm going to list a couple of teams that I think should contend here. Surprisingly low on the list, they came in at 13, are the New York Mets. Mm. Because they won a World Series, the Miracle Mets in 86. Yep. And then they played it in 2015. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) (laughs) they're... (laughs) And they played in 2000, so like, they've had good teams... And some great players come through there, but just the general, like, the general cursed nature of that franchise, I think they deserve a spot, because it's the been a lot of The vibe is tough. The vibe is tough, and the natural comparisons to the Yankees are even tougher. Yeah. So I think they warrant discussion. The Tigers were at 12, but like I said, I don't consider our fan base to be tortured just yet. That's I weird. Get- I thought I feel like they're really tortured in, the, in recent years, though. It's been... To get that close has been soul crap. You saw me in 2012. I was despondent yeah. for at least a couple of days. Yeah. I don't know. I I just I feel so grateful for all of the good, like awesome Tigers. Like I, the most of my life of being a, an active, engaged baseball fan, the Tigers have been contending and making the playoffs. So that's I don't know. It's hard for me to consider ours. People a lot older than me, sure. Yeah. So that maybe that fact, maybe I'm weighting my own experience a little too heavily. Um, the other ones close here were, oh, oh, I bears mentioning. So there are three other teams. We talked about the nationals. There are two other teams that have not won world series, uh, the Rockies and the rays, but the rays have only been around since 1998 and the Rockies since 1993. So they just haven't had to wait as long. Those are tortured franchises. And they've both played in World Series. They've also both been better than they've than they should have been at times. Like in a in a way that I think those fan bases should be pretty okay with the way things have gone. Yeah. The only I I'd say Tampa's closest because they play in a shit stadium. Their stadium is just horrendous. But I it's hard for me to really feel like their fan base is all that tortured because they don't really care. It does seem that way. So it's a terrible fan base. So that's that. Um, what do you think? Would you put? Uh, w- are there any others that I'm missing here that you've been thinking about or anything? 
No, I think you got, I think your list did a great job. I think, like I said throughout, the only thing that this doesn't capture is, like, how hard it is to be close and not quite make it. How, how much the expectations of your franchise matter. Cause, like, I think the Rays have just been an abject failure for a lot of their time. Other, they had that great stretch with Joe Madden. But but at the same time, their fan base doesn't care. There's no expectation that they'd be good. Like they're just to me, there's no there's no torture there because it's just been kind of bad uniformly uh, mm-hmm. other than the, the Madden stuff. Whereas I think being an Orioles fan, even though they've been similarly bad, there is still the the memory of the greatness that I think makes it so much worse. So I think it's hard to capture that in the formula. And that's the only thing I would probably weight a little differently. I agree. So I think for that reason, I think the Padres moved down a few pegs. Yes, that's a good example. I'd say the Pirates probably moved down a little bit. I might pull like the A's up a little bit. Oh, interesting. See, I would have moved the Pirates maybe up a little bit just because like there was that expectation of greatness and they were like their nadir, their bottoming out period was worse than probably any other team here. Like (laughs) that's true. Like I think. Up until I remember that the stat was always like the Pirates hadn't made the playoffs since before I was born up until I was like 23, <laughs> which is <laughs> insane. So and I think, yeah, you're right. Like the Rangers having gotten to two World Series consecutively and lost both times. Maybe they go yeah. up a little bit, too. I think the Mets belong on here. Maybe low, but I think I the think Mets the Mets here. probably go on here. I agree. I probably pull the twins off. I think so too, and they barely scraped down there anyways, so Yeah. Okay, so let's add let's add the Mets. Yeah. And then let's get to work. Let's start at the top. Yeah, and I'm good with I'm good with Indians at one. I agree. I don't love Brewers at two necessarily. I feel like the Mariners are a little more tortured than them. I think the Mariners are a sc- a square number two um that that's devastating to have never yeah. even to have never even had the excitement of watching your team in the world series for a uh let's see here a 42 year old man that's just that's that's tough that is tough i would honestly even move the pirates over milwaukee and san diego yeah i was gonna say orioles then pirates but i'd be okay with pirates then orioles Pirates, Orioles, then I think we can... Brewers, probably. Yeah. Then Padres. (laughs) That's such disrespect, but I love it. Yeah. They haven't haven't played in a world... They've never won, and they (laughs) haven't played in one in (laughs) 40-odd years, and we're like, eh, for sex. Yeah, they don't care. (laughs) Um... And then after that, we have Rangers, A's, Reds, and Mets. Yeah, I don't think of the I don't think of the Reds as a tortured fan base so much. I think I'd be happy to put them at ten. Yeah, I agree. I would. I think I feel I feel good about the Mets at nine. Like as shitty as their experience has been, they've had like pockets of really really good teams, and they've consistently had fun players. Even if they've ended up sucking or playing Mm -hmm. better for different teams. Totally agreed. 
they are still paying Bobby Bonilla. So, yep, I'm still comfortable with nine. And then we just have to figure out if we want the Rangers and the Athletics at seven, eight, or flipped. I think that I think that those are appropriate. I like the where they are. Okay. Then what we have done is defined the ten most tortured fan bases in baseball right now. Damn right we have. Yeah. This was great. Your your system was really terrific. I I liked the tweaks, but I think that the system gave us some awesome an, an awesome base. I'm I'm pretty pleased with how it turned out, and I will say I've used the same system already to compile a list for a different sport, and I think we're gonna have a good discussion there too. I'm looking forward to more of these. Beautiful. All, All right, right, dog, want to run us through? I will. Number ten, the Cincinnati Reds. Number nine, the New York Metropolitans, the Mets. Number eight, the Oakland Athletics. Number seven, the Texas Rangers. Number six, the San Diego Padres. Number five, the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> Number four, the Baltimore Orioles, the Oreos. Number three, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Number two, the Seattle Mariners. And number one, the poor, poor, tortured Cleveland Indians. Damn right. That was great. That's a hell of a list, my friend. Yeah, good work, amigo. I'm looking forward to some baseball. It's about damn time. It's about damn time. Kyle, do you think we should talk to the people about where they can check us out? Yeah, do that. Uh, So, people, if you want to check us out on any of the social media networks out there, you should check us out at Top10KM on Instagram. Check us out at Top10KM on our kind of shitty Twitter. Check us out at our uh, Top 10 with Kyle and Mike Facebook group. Uh, Those are some good spots. You can email us with any suggestions. If you want to host, you want us to do some research for you, top10km at gmail.com. All these, the 10 is spelled out Mm T-E-N. And if you want to listen to the podcast somewhere other than the way you listen already, check us out at the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that podcasts can be found. That's what I would say, my friend. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to say. I would say that if you enjoyed our theme music or our not top three Diddy, you have Kevin McLeod to thank for that. He composed those. I thank him every day. (laughs) Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. And if you enjoyed seeing our lovely visages on our, uh, our artwork, don't forget that Erin Sant put that together, and you can see more of her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. It's a great place to see stuff like that. Damn straight. That concludes this week's episode of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I'll see you next week, buddy. Adios. Adios.